Kim Kroll. I am reporting to you, not live, in my closet. Hi, everybody. Hi. How's everybody doing? Um, I, if I were you and I was listening to this and I asked you how you were doing, I would answer my podcast back. Right? Like when I listen to someone's show and they're like, hey, how you doing? In my room alone, I go, I'm good. How are you? Good to hear. You know, is that crazy? I don't know. I don't think it is. But I genuinely am asking. And I hope you say it out loud. And I hope you out loud say, I'm doing well. Or this is kind of happening. Okay, this really already went off the rails, didn't it? It's like uh, not even a minute in. And I'm already telling you a kooky thing. I have a really good friend that listens to the show, is a big supporter of the show. And I love her. I think I already told you guys this last week, but I'm doing it again. Um, her kid heard me... Uh, talk to my cat on the on the show right like where I was like hello and then I came back and then she kind of laughed and the kid was like why is that funny she's just seeing if her cat's okay like or something like that it's just like I was like I love that fucking kid um but I just I love that how kids don't have that thing yet you know the Talabarusa, which is blank slate latin for blank slate I don't know if it's latin but it was a Buffy the Vampire Slayer um title of a show and it means blank slate and uh you know they just don't have that like societal thing that we've that we gain over the years of like caring what other people think of us and then and then you like hit a certain point if you're lucky and you realize it doesn't matter what people think of you and then you work really hard to unwind like unravel all that shit you learned about what people think of you if that makes sense yeah you just like just like we spend like the first part of our lives getting taught that you should really care what other people think of you. And then the next part of our lives unraveling and, un and record and changing those tapes. I feel like I'm lucky. I got it a little bit early. Um, I know a lot of 60 year olds who are still working through that or currently working through that with me in my, my, my life. And I, it's just, I'm, I, I showed up in a Al-Anon when I was like 21 and everybody was like, Oh my God, you're so lucky you're here so early. And I didn't stay or wasn't as consistent, but it for sure saved my life. And I am really grateful that I was there so early because I was able to uh, learn boundaries and uh, cut ties with my father early on to where I didn't have to um, live under that, no boundaries, fear, all that stuff that he, you know, how he was very creepy too uh, with the calling. I now this went off the rails, but... It's just like, I, it is, it is cool that I'm learning this early. It doesn't feel early. Like, you know, like I, I, I was talking to somebody yesterday and they were talking about age and it's just, it's so I'm just, uh, just, you know, that like he, he was like, I don't want to date a woman my age. And, and I was just like, what? Like, it's just, it's like, so it's so funny. Cause like my age is old, uh, compared to like, to like, people like I'm 38 I'll be 39 soon and a, a lot of people are like oh that's older you're getting older and I'm like really I don't feel like that's older I'm still in my 30s I think once you hit like 55 is when you're like oh okay now I'm a little like because like I, I don't know I'm going to give you something that uh this this kid that I used to work with at the bar that got me COVID um god I love this fucking kid I'm so sad I wish I could hang out with this kid in life I don't think he liked me so much as the other thing like I think he like like he didn't I don't think he like actively disliked me but I don't think he was like oh, I should hang out with her he was also 22 and he was friends with like the really over the top mean girl who like would like cry if she didn't get the correct section like literally like one girl showed up and put herself in a section and then this girl came in and she's like why are you getting that section she goes oh I don't know I just put myself in it I got here first so I, I just did that and she like flipped out and then like went and told literally anybody who would listen so this kid that I'm going to impart his wisdom, that was his best friend. So he didn't want, it's not that I don't think he didn't, he didn't actively dislike me, but I don't think he liked me. So I think if I text him and was like, Hey, we should hang out. He'd probably be like one, you're 15 years older than me. And two, I don't really, nah, <laughs> but he was like such a little like firecracker. He used to just in the middle of everything, just scream fuck at the top of his lungs. Cause he was so angry. Um, but he looked at it. I was just like, I'm, I'm old. He goes, you're not old. And I was like, dude, I'm like 15 years older than you. He's like, yeah, but I'm like super young. And I'm like, oh yeah. He goes, you're young. And I, and I go, and he goes, you want to know how I know you're super young? 
and are you young? And I'm like, how? He goes, well, if you were to die right now, what would people say about you? And I was like, oh shit, you're right. The first thing they would say is she died so young. And I feel like that happens until you're 70. And then when you're 70, you know, that's sort of 70, sort of the weird death age, I think. I think 80 is like 80 and 90 is like the sweet spot where you're like, oh, okay, that's a full life, right? A hundred. I want to live till a hundred. I used to not want to. In my depressive days, I used to be like, man, I wish I, yeah, depressive days. I was like around 60. I'm going to blow this pop stand either way, which is so sad. So sad. I, I was, I was listening to this speaker the other day and she was like, uh, before she started working on her stuff, she goes, I just assumed this shit would follow me until I finally killed myself. And how fucked up that is. That's, I've never related to someone more in my life. I just figured all of my shit would just follow me until one day I killed myself. And sometimes when I'm down or low, I feel that way still. Um, you know, I had a, I had a lot of trauma growing up. Oh, I'm, I'm a little emotional. It's been a really heavy week. It's been a really heavy week. Um, I mean, God, not even just with the news, dude, the news, it, I'll get to that. But, um, but I, yeah, I used to in my days that I, I, before I found ACA and before I found, you know, my self-worth journey and people who deserve to be in my life. Um, I used to think around 60, I'll, I'll kick it. Whether this thing, I talked about this with Malone, Michael Malone in my first crawling up. If you haven't heard the episode, it's really good shameless drop, uh, self-promotion. I don't know. You're listening to this episode, so you're probably already have listened to it, but we talked about it too, where it's just like, I just always assume that that's where my ending would be. Um, but 60 now I look at that. I'm like, God, that's like 20 more years. That's not enough time. And I think 70 is like the weird age of death. Cause it's like, you're not 60, 60 is still super young. You're not 80. So it's not like, Oh, full life 70. I don't know. My uncle died at 70 and like, he was still so, I mean, yeah, he was really sick, but like, and he got really sick, like quickly in the last two weeks. Right. Um, or the last couple of months, I'm not really sure. I wasn't really with him the last, but I was, I no, I got to see him about a couple of weeks before he died. We didn't really get to talk too much though. Cause he wasn't, you know, doing great. And I honestly, we, I don't think we thought that that would be the last time, which is a real bummer, but he was a really awesome dude. Um, but yeah, he was like 70 something. He was like 76. And it's just like, man, that's like the weird age, right? Like, I, I don't know this is really dark. I guess today is, uh, uh, Columbine happened in 99. You do the math. What is that? 22 years ago, April 20th, uh, 22 years ago, uh, Columbine happened. And, um, I probably shared this story last year. This is actually the last, and a year ago right now is the last time uh, I recorded a uh, Kim and Ken show. And that that show is what ended our show. Um, Cause I stood up for myself again uh, for the, you know, I hadn't been staying. I started standing up for myself like a couple of months prior. Cause I was just like, yo, I don't like being talked to this way. And then someone flipped out and we stopped doing the show. But um, it's just always so funny. Like there was always times when we would do that show and I would have hard days, like a hard anniversary. And then I'd show up to the show and I wouldn't be myself until the, you know, the cameras turned on. And that's just how it is when you're in this business and you gotta be professional, which is like, Oh, I gotta put my shit at the door and be like, hi, welcome to the Kim and Ken show. I'm Kim. Let me talk about my vagina. Blah, 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 blah. But like every time I had like a hard anniversary, I would go in there and I would not be okay. And he would just be so angry and mean and, uh, and then like at the end of the show, it, you know, during the show it would come out what I was going through. Cause we would talk about that stuff. And then you could tell it was like, Oh, maybe it's not, it just like, I don't know. This is a way. So I, I was remembering cause today was uh, one year ago today, uh, that was our last show. And you know, April 20th is always kind of a melancholy rough day for me. Melancholy. I don't even know what that word means, but you know, just kind of like a, a morose day. I do know what that word means. Um, but like, yeah, Columbine. And I know today is uh, 420. It's big marijuana day for all of you marijuana people. Marijuana. Um, I've just never been a marijuana person. And I also was reading some stuff this morning where it's just like, yeah, celebrate your marijuana day. But like also remember that the war on drugs has been going on for a very long time and disproportionately f uh, affects uh, brown black people. And uh a lot of them are still in jail. Well, it's just wild. Like there's people in jail for marijuana stuff, uh, marijuana possession charges or whatever. And I can get weed delivered to my door now. You know what I mean? It's just so wild to me. And it's just like, so it's like, enjoy your day, but also like maybe 
I don't know. I'm such like an, I, I, I've, I've been radicalized guys, but, but I mean like people are like, well, radicalized you. And it's just like, I read this thing where it was like, just like gesture to the world, everything. Like, so it's just, it's like enjoy 420. I, I've never really, I've never really, I don't know. I don't really understand that people are like, it's 420. I'm going to spend the whole day smoking marijuana and be excited about it. Like you would smoke marijuana. Like those people smoke marijuana every day. I don't know. I might lose half of you right now, but, uh, but I, maybe I, maybe I'll give you something to think about. Like, um, use your love of cannabis to fucking, uh, you know, call your senators, get this shit legalized so they can, yeah, they can, legalize it, regulate it, and then also uh, decriminalize it, uh, let everybody out of jail who was in there for some stupid marijuana charge. And then also like Colorado and Portland or Oregon are making hand over fist in their marijuana money, their tax marijuana money. So like it's a win-win for everybody. And then like also uh, Dwayne Wright, White, right? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I don't remember his last name. Please forgive me. Uh, but was killed last week. He had an outstanding warrant. This was the excuse for the officers that murdered him, um, that he had an outstanding warrant. And if you don't know what his outstanding warrant was when he was underage, he got caught with marijuana and then he pled guilty at the, at the guidance of his, his public defender and, and just had to do like community service and was on probation and had to pay a fine or some shit. Right. Like we've, and, and then it was going to be expunged from his record. And then in the pandemic, he wasn't able to keep up with the payments. So he had like an $80 warrant out, like, cause he didn't pay an $80 thing and it was on marijuana. So it just something to think about on 420 when you're like celebrating, like maybe, I don't know. I don't want all holidays to be ruined for everybody, but Thanksgiving for sure is not the same like excitement now that I've done some, you know, research on, uh, you know, where the first, what the first Thanksgiving was really like. So I just, you know, I don't know food for thought, but I also 420 has always been rough. Like I, I, I don't know if I, I think I might've talked about this last year, but I'm going to talk about it again because I think that's how people who, uh, people who, who die young, um, live forever. Right. Or it's just like people who die. That's how they get to live forever is that people honor and talk about their memories. Like my papa died. Um, God, he died when I was like 18. You do the math. How many times I used to date this accountant and I would always be like, you do the math and he would get so mad. And then sometimes he'd be like, what do you want to do tonight? And I'd be like, I don't know. Why don't we do something you like? We could count stuff. (laughs) That guy hated me. Hated me so much. He just did. He was amused by me at best. He'd be like, you're so funny, babe. But then he would secretly be mad about, um, whatever accountant joke I made so bad. But, um, but yeah, like I, Papa died a long time ago and still one of my favorite, probably my favorite person I've ever met in my life. And because I talk about him a lot I feel like, you know, part of him still gets to live. So I'm going to talk about my Columbine, um, experience and, uh, you know, maybe my friend who died in Columbine, a little bit of her memory gets to live on. Um, I was a junior in high school when Columbine happened. Um, I went to a rival high school, uh, I remember I don't know, we, the cheerleaders, we used to, my, I wasn't popular, so I wasn't one of the ones who were actively singing this, but I was like, yeah, I'm a part of it. I'm a part of them. them. I'm with them. But the cheerleaders would sing, you know, the U G L Y, you ain't got no alibi, you ugly. Uh, you guys know that cheer. And then they would go M A M A. That is how you got that way. Your mama. And I remember one time we were playing Columbine football game and a couple of girls were yelling that at the foot the Columbine football players because we would are we would cheer behind the rival the other team's team right like so I, I don't know why that is but we would and um and our team would be on the other side maybe not to distract the players I have no idea I never asked I wasn't friends with the football players so like they they were they were not interested in flat-chested missing teeth Kim so I I was not buddies with them so I did not know why they were on the other side but I assume maybe not be distracted by people watching the game or I don't know but the Columbine guys were like, and the, uh, oh yeah, there was, oh no, that was the UGLY. Okay. So we started doing that. This story is all over the map. This was by the way, like 25 years ago. So please bear with me. Um, but, uh, so there's a thing that the audience, the audience, the crowd would go, Hey, cheers. And we turn around and go, yeah. And they go, Hey, cheers. Yeah. And then they go, 
let me see you rock and roll. That wasn't one, but then we would do a thing like, let me see you disco. Let me see you Michael Jackson. I think we'd go, ooh, ah, ah, ooh, ah, ah, ooh, ah, ah, ooh. We would do that with some sort of movement. And I think we grabbed our crotches at the end, but I don't know if that was regulated. So I can't, I vaguely remember that. But so one time when we were, we were talking shit to the Columbine football players, they turned around and they were like, hey, cheers. And we were like, yeah. And they were like, hey, cheers. And we're like, yeah. And then they all screamed, Columbine thinks you're ugly. And then a bunch of the cool girls were like, U-G-L-Y, U-N-K. It was a really, you know, it was a really bring it on moment. And I really, I regret not being more outgoing with those cheerleaders because I was just like on the sideline like this is so cool it's just like in the movies I watch at home um, but it was like you know very so we were rival schools with Columbine um and that day was just so uh that day was just so bizarre like we we um there was two parking lots the junior parking lot and the senior parking lot I was a junior so we were going we were leaving for lunch and the junior parking lot only had one one road, like one way road. Cause people were either always like coming or going. Like it wasn't like anybody was coming and going at the same time. So it was just like one small road, which is really insane now that I look back on it. Cause it's like, well, there might be always somebody that's, and it's just like, no, like, and it's just a bunch of teenagers driving this one road. I, now I look back on it and I'm like, how is there not more accidents? They, they, they bulldozed that high school. So maybe they, they changed it up to where the parking lot made more sense. But so everybody was going out of the parking lot because it was lunchtime. And then there was like, you know, we, we weren't leaving. They weren't letting us leave. So we're just like stuck in the middle of this long road. And so my friend Tiffany and I get out and we start walking up and down the, the cars trying to figure out what the fuck's happening. Like, why won't they let us out? You know, we only have like an hour for lunch. And we're asking everybody and, and we're hearing all sorts of different... Um, stories we're hearing that there's a sniper at Columbine and mind you this was the first shooting right this was the first mass shooting um that I mean yeah there was still gun issues and there were still like my cousin went to a um a school in Denver that was predominantly uh uh black and and people of color um and uh black people and people of color I'm trying to be uh but uh um and he was like, yeah, kids get shot in my school all the time and like no one cares. And so this was like the first mass shooting and it was at like an upper white middle class school. And so it was like this big deal because it was white people. Right. And that was that was a thing that my cousin was like, that's really fucked up. And we were like, yeah, that is really fucked. Like because he was like, look at like there was a kid that was shot in his high school like the same week. And he got like this tiny article in the back of the Denver Post just like this tiny little like oh yeah this kid died then Columbine happened and of course like neither like that's the thing like trauma isn't like like I read somewhere where you know how people like to like compare traumas like I had a really bad childhood and I know there's people that had worse and there's people that had less but there are people that I know that are like well yeah my child I had this I had this and I had that and I'm like it's not a competition like I so I read this thing that was like if you drown in five feet of water and you drown in, or you drown in 20 feet of water, you still drowned. Like you still die and drowned. You know what I mean? So it's just like, yeah, there are some traumas that are more, so I'm not trying to compare. And I know Columbine, Columbine, you know, shaped, uh, how I, you know, shaped a big chunk of my young adult life. Um, and who I am now, you know, cause that was a, so we, we were, you know, we were going up and down we, we, we hurt. So it was like the first mass shooting. So it was not like there was no protocols. There was no, you know, there was no like, oh, this is happening to us now. You know what I mean? So we went up and we heard there was a sniper at Columbine. We heard that, uh, kids from Bear Creek, that's a high school I went to Bear Creek went to, um, Columbine and were shooting people. We heard that there was a sniper there. They were on the way to Bear Creek. And so it was just like, it was like, all right, well, we, this is all like hearsay in our cars. Like, again, there's not really internet. We don't have cell phones. Like there's not, this is 1999, right? I'm aging myself for sure. But I had a pager. Um, that's, <laughs> uh, I had a pager. And so we all like slowly back at, back, back into the parking lot. Right. Cause we're all facing leaving. So like the last car backs out and parks and then we slowly back out and then we all go down in this cafeteria. And then there's like four TVs that we're all crowding around and watching Columbine happen live. And just, 
I mean, I remember there was this girl, Sarah. I don't remember her last name. She was really pretty, like way too pretty as a 16 year old. I wonder where she is now. I think we were friends on Facebook and I think I got unfriended because of the whole Trump thing. Uh, a lot of people this year unfriended me because, uh, you know, they, they were Trumpy, but what are you going to do? You know what I mean? But I just remember her face watching it and then just looking because she was so popular too. And just looking at all like the whole crowd and just being like, we were all so fucking shocked. Right. And now what's really sad is like kids now, they have like drills. They have, they have school shooting drills. Like they would rather have kids be prepared for a school shooting, overly prepared for a school shooting, deny shootings have happened than fucking do gun reform. I don't understand. I don't, I don't like it here. Like I just, it's, I, you know, I'm grateful. I I, am grateful for a lot of stuff, but it's just really hard. Like I'm getting ready to pay my taxes and I'm just like, I owe money. I didn't have a job last year. I got the, the virus. A lot of, you know what I mean? Like a lot of people are that way are like struggling to pay their taxes. When we have a government that like refused to help us in a fucking pandemic. Meanwhile, a bunch of people, the rich got like crazy richer. It's just like, I don't understand if you don't see that. Like I under, I, I know it's ignorance and I know it's like, I know it's racism. Like it's a, well, I'd rather vote for the guy that's, you know, not that, that is, a, you know, aligned with me and race, race stuff. I don't even know what to say that is. Or, you know, doesn't like abortion. Like, it's just insanity to me. But, like, so we didn't have, we didn't have fucking protocols, right? The way these kids do now. I can't imagine being in high school now and knowing that that just, like, that was never anything that crossed our mind. The next year it was. The next year there was a lot of stuff that was in place that was so scary. And now I imagine it's much scarier. Now I imagine that they have to, they have so many more things in place. But, like... Um, so we back to, so we, we go to class, you know, the like last class of the day after lunch, which, you know, cause you like, it's so weird. High school, you look back on, you read that meme that was like, remember when you would run a mile in gym class and then just go do math afterwards? Like I run a mile now. I got a shower. I got a nap. Like it's like a thing. Right. But we would just like go to math class. And so we were done by school by like 3 PM, which is wild. But we like, so we went maybe two, I don't know. We went to our last class. And my, my, one of my favorite teachers of all time, one of my favorite teachers of all time is Rothenfeld. She, uh, you know, she was just like, Hey guys, uh, I had us plan to watch a movie today. Just so wild. It's so wild looking back and how we just didn't know. And we didn't have the internet. We just had live TV, you know, like ABC live TV of what they were able to see. And we didn't know what the story was. I'm having a hard time breathing. Um, so cool. It's just going to be, I think this is just my life now, guys. I'm going to keep working hard to not, to build my endurance, open my lungs. I'm getting a new doctor in like two weeks. I'm fucking stoked. Um, so we'll see, but, um, we just didn't know. And she was like, so I had planned today, a movie, a movie day. And, uh, so we could do that. Or if you guys want, we could just watch what's going on over at Columbine. It's really your up to you. And everybody in the class is like, we just want to watch a movie. We don't want to watch whatever's going on over there. We had no idea. And then, you know, we watched the movie, none of us really. And then we went to the cafeteria afterwards and it was like, you aren't, um, uh, it was a rough day for my childhood, not just the shooting, but my dad was really, you know, God, that guy. Um, I'm uncovering now why I have a hard time being, excuse me, why I just burped. Um, I don't ever do that. Like not, I, I know people who just go and I just think it's so weird and just like disrespectful and childish. I don't know. So I just burped a little bit and I apologize. But, um, yeah, I was, I have a hard time with uh, vulnerability because it was always met with my dad's stuff. Um, I'll get to that part of the story, but we, uh, we get to the cafeteria and it's like no one's allowed to leave. Their parents have to come check them out because the Columbine thing's real and it's bad. We still didn't really know, right? So my dad works all day. And my dad was a, you know, he, he uh, was a, a very working parent. So always not around a lot. And because um, he was, you know, supporting us. And um, so my friend Stephanie Norton, her mom had to check me out because my dad wasn't going to be able to get away from work, which is wild. Like now looking like now, I think if he knew what we know now, he probably definitely would have been like, I got to go. I got to pick up my kid. But like, it was just like, oh, Stephanie's mom will just pick you up and drop you off. 
And so I went upstairs to my bedroom. This is one of my like hardest, such a weird, small, but one of the hardest memories I've had to look at in my recovery in ACA. Because like, you know, the, the, the sexual abuse was like bad enough. Right. But like, I, this was like such a, this like formed me, um, in a way that I am now trying to unravel. Um, so I went upstairs to my bedroom. I had a, a television in my bedroom and I, w- I had, you know, the Columbine live footage on and I had fallen asleep and my dad came home and he came upstairs and he woke me up and it was just meant, I don't know how to describe it. Cause what I say when on paper, it's just like, Oh, dad hugging his daughter after a mass shooting, not a big deal. But it was just like, it was like this weird, this is so hard to share, but this, it was like a intimate hug that was like not met for a father daughter relationship. And it wasn't to comfort me. It was So anytime I felt vulnerability, it was like met with unwanted touching and unwanted love and unwanted. And I was just like, and I, my, I didn't know my friend had died yet, but it was just like a long day, right? Like, like I'm the, I was the kid in the room. I should have been taken care of. I shouldn't have felt like I had to take care of him. And there was just so many times in my life that I like had to take care of my parents, like where like, like just... God, um, yeah, there's another part of that story. I'll tell you mom's story too. I don't know if it might be too much for a day to tell both of these stories, but like, and then I was just like, dad, I just want to sleep. Please leave me alone. Like stop touching me. Right. You know what I mean? Like now I look back, like now I'm just like, don't hug me. Don't, I don't want to be hugged. And he was like, okay, I guess you don't want to be around me. I'm just such a bad person. Like that fucking, uh, I hate, like I have someone in my life that is like that now. And I am I, I think I'm going to have to cut ties with that person because I can't deal with people who are like, I'm just a bad person and no one wants to be around. It's just like, fuck off. Like, I hate that victim as a, but like, and I know it's a trigger because my dad was always like, oh, might as well just build a door from your window to your car so you don't ever have to see me. But like in the moment of fucking Columbine and yeah, we didn't, it, it just like, I mean, right now, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see just like my, I feel uncomfortable in my skin when I talk about these stories because that guy took away my autonomy and, and now forever this horrible already memory will be attached to that moment too of just like, oh, it's just such like unwanted intimacy. It was so disgusting. Um, whew, and, I'm, and it's such a small memory and it's such an interesting thing because it's not like, you know, he wasn't touching me in the shower. You know what I mean? Like the, the, the memories where he was doing that. Um, obviously, I'm, I have to work through quite a bit, but that like the subtle memories of abuse or subtle memories of just like your boundaries, your body are mine, um, are harder to work through. It's like, it's like where I was talking about the me too episode where it's just like, there's rape and then there's harassment and then everything in the middle is misconduct. It's just like, that's so like, it's like, uh, we're going to, so my dad misconducted me. You know what I mean? Like it was just abuse. It was all abuse. And like, when I think about that day, it's just like, God, I remember how gross he was about something that was going to shape my life. And if I didn't want to talk or be around someone fucking leave the kid alone. You know what? I just, I, I, uh, uh, guys, I'm having a rough week. I'm, I mean, not rough. Like I'm fine. I, you know, I just, a lot of disappointment people a lot of people in my life have really not a lot just really like two but um have have just like shown me true colors and it's just a real hard pill to swallow so I'm probably a little bit more emotional and also this is a big anniversary it's a sad especially in the wake of what they say there's been 154 mass shootings since in in 2021 and there's still fucking idiots who are like, oh, my guns were taken away. What the fuck is wrong with you? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, it's just, it's so, I can't wrap my head around that. I can't. I don't even know how to argue or talk to those people. Because, like, what the fuck? Your rights aren't going to be taken away. No one has said anything about your fucking guns being taken away. Just kind of think that maybe some of these people shouldn't have a gun. Especially, like, one guy. I can't remember which shooting because there's been so many in the last couple of weeks. I'm so tired. Um, I'm just so tired. And like on a day like today where Columbine happened, what, yeah, like I said, 22 years ago, and these are still conversations that are having, 
And, and like, it's just, I'm so tired and I feel really hopeless and helpless because you've tried the best you can do is just vote for people that you hope will do something. And they're not, they're just not. And it's like, they're, they're stopped by the McConnell's or even the, the two broads. I don't even know their name, Marjorie Taylor green or something. And then the Colorado woman who carries a gun in Washington, DC, even though I don't think that's legal. Like, it's just like, I'm just tired. And it's like, what was it? Like 12 people died in Columbine. I think it was 14. Um, and those kids mental, those kids were so mentally ill, obviously, but it's just like, we still, there's a stigma on mental illness. Like, it's just like so much could be prevented if we, if we just, I don't know. Wow. I'm getting really emotional. Um, I guess I haven't cried in a crawl space in a while, but just so much. I, I just, um, and so the next day we didn't have school. We didn't have school for the remainder of the week. And, um, we came back on Monday and that teacher apologized. The teacher and Miss Rothenfeld was just like, I'm so sorry. I should, we should have watched the news. We should have talked about it. Um, I'm so emotional right now. I just, yeah, one of the, one of the shootings recently, um, one of the shootings recently, I guess the guy was uh, questioned by the FBI because he and I think his guns were taken away because he or he like something like that. But it, because he was unstable and not mentally well and a neighbor or something. I read the story. It was a, a couple of weeks ago. So forgive me for not remembering the details. But basically he was on the FBI watch list and he was able to legally buy the gun that t that he walked into. I, I believe this was the FedEx kid. Um, it's just so I'm so tired um, and in that, so my teacher was just like, I'm sorry, I didn't know, uh, I didn't know how big of a deal this was. Cause we didn't, you know, like we think of, like, think of the difference now, like while, like while a school shooting's happening now, there's a kid in the school shooting that's probably filming it, you know, and there's just so much access. And in 99, there wasn't, it was just like, it was, you know, so we didn't know. And, um, over that weekend I had found out my friend Cassie Bernal was one of the people who was killed in that. And, uh, I'd known Cassie since we were, you know, five, um, in kindergarten and that she went to school with us until the year prior until sophomore year, um, until sophomore year. And, uh, because she was, she was hanging out with some troubled kids at Bear Creek and, uh, which I, I, who even knows now, you know what I mean? They just weren't Christians. <laughs> and so Cassie went to this, her parents went to this, uh, took her to this Christian camp. Then she, uh, transferred to Columbine, made better friends or made other friends. I don't want to say better. Cause I don't really know the situation. In fact, I knew most of the girls that she was friends with and I was friends with them. And, uh, um, one of them's name was Joanna something. I don't know, but she was like the first girl who shaved her head in high school. And everybody was like, Oh my God, is she a lesbian? What is she doing? You know, and I always look back on that broad and I just like really, even then it was just like, man, that girl is just who the fuck she is. It doesn't give a fuck, you know? And she shaved her head and she got a lot of flack for it. So I, I wonder, I wonder now if like Cassie's bad quote, bad influence was her parents were looking at like Joanna shaves her head, you know, and, and Amber has black nail polish. So who knows? Who knows? But um, she went to Columbine and I saw Cassie that, I went to Col Columbine's um, homecoming football game that year with some friends and uh, Cassie was there and she came up and, you know, we caught up and like, I have like, I think I shared about this last year too. And I'm going to probably share about it next year, guys. And I might, I hope next year I don't cry as much because maybe there will be some change. I'm not hopeful, but we're going to all just keep doing what we can, you know? I guess keep voting for the right people, educating ourselves, spreading. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is because the people in charge seem to only care about money. You know, just I, that's all I can like, it's just like money. They don't give a fuck about us. And it's so hard. It's so hard. Um, oh, I'm just so tired. But yeah, I, I, the solace I have is that, uh, that was one of the happiest I'd ever seen Cassie at that hall, that Columbine football game. So happy. Um, I saw, I, I saw this Instagram video of her the other day where the, somebody had filmed her like five days before Columbine and she was so happy. So like, there's like solace there. Um, 
we used to sit next to each other on the bus in seventh grade and eighth grade too, I think, or seventh, I don't know, one, one, maybe one or both. I don't remember, but I remember she loved the cranberries and she used to talk about how she'd get drunk on M&Ms. Like I got so drunk on M&Ms this weekend. So every time I hear that cranberry song, I can't think of it right now because I'm so emotional. Um, I, I can't think of it right now because of that, but, um, she, uh, so I, I, you know, eat some M&Ms today. You know, I don't have any in my apartment, but, uh, listen to that cranberry song and think of Cassie and think of all those, those kids that, and all the kids that were so affected. I mean, we were all so affected, but I, I worked at this target that was right by Columbine. So it was like mostly Columbine kids and like, so just watching, how they adapted to being in life. Like one time, uh, uh, um, someone dropped something on bubble wrap and it was like pop, 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 pop. And all the Columbine kids like hit the floor. And it's just like, that's like, that's wild. And then a friend, um, a friend kind of, I don't know. We, a friend, she was the manager. We'd known each other since day camp, but, um, uh, probably, I think her name was Katie. We could probably, I couldn't figure out of a lineup, but I think we were friendly. She went to college the next year and I asked her how, and she was a senior at Columbine when Columbine happened. And I asked her how she came back and I was like, how's college? And she's like, oh, it's awesome. Like you don't have to worry about people shooting at you. That's changed now. Now they moved to college campuses, malls, FedExes, spas, the street concerts, like it's just the streets of Vegas. Like it's just, ah, uh, so 22 years ago, April 20th will never be a 420 for me. I don't, I will always think of Columbine. I will, I will. Uh, and I, I, I hope that to honor those kids and honor everybody who's lost their lives, to this senseless fucking gun stuff. I hope we can work together and make some kind of change. I don't know what the answer is, but I don't know, uh, just senseless. It's all just senseless. Whoo, that was, that was, a uh, that was some, that was some, I got emotional. Um, it's, I'm grateful though that I, I can be vulnerable now. I did, I, uh, I, I can be vulnerable now and not feel like I'm going to be, you know, my, my autonomy is going to be taken away or boundaries will be crossed or someone will unwantingly touch me. God, I'm so glad that guy's dead. I know that's terrible. But they, when I think of moments like this, I'm like, God, I'm sad that my dad's, you know, I'm sad that my dad died early. I'm sad that, you know, he, that, that someone lost his life. But I, I have to say, I feel safer in the world without him in it. And it's easier to work through my stuff. And honestly, I started having memories return after he went. So I, and I know there's more to come, but yeah, it's been a disappointing week. It's been a weird week. I had a, uh, so as you know, I'm in my, my ACA program and I'm working my, my ninth step where it's, uh, make amends, uh, whenever possible. And there was an old friend of mine who was on the, um, wasn't on the amends list, my step eight list. My leg is fucking numb. I'm going to try and, um, uh, it'll be fine. Um, wasn't on my amends list because I was really resentful. I, I told, I talked about the story in my me too episode. Um, at about the bar I worked at and then my, my two friends that had, um, kind of taken the guy of the, the, the side of the predator. And one of the friends was a dear friend of mine of like, you know, like we would have, we met, you know, 12 years ago. So we were friends, you know, for almost 10 years. And, uh, and I had a lot of resentment towards her. And the other day when I, I am dealing with another friendship that I think may not, it's just so disappointing. And I like, I was just like, is that what life, is this what this is? You just meet people, you get to know them, you find out they're trash and then you have to like mourn that friendship. And yeah, I guess it is. Um, but that's why when you meet really good people, you hold the fuck on to them and you cherish them and you treat and, you know, you make sure they know that they're loved and you're grateful for them. And I have a, a big chunk of people like that. I just recently have a new friend um, who I just don't think she's a very good person. And, uh, I don't know if bad person isn't the right, but so like, I was feeling really sad about that and, uh, it happened really quickly and I, I still don't know. I'm, I'm not going to make some big grandstand. I think I'm just going to take some space while I sort of look at it and, 
And I, I'm grateful that I have discernment now, you know, um, before it was like, I would just let little, any old person come into my life. You want to be in my life? Uh, awesome. I don't have self-esteem. So treat me how you want. Come on in. Um, please don't leave though. I will do everything I can to get you not to leave me everything I can. And now I'm like, oh, I'll get to know a person. Then I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll see this particular person has not does not respect my boundaries at all, at all. Um, and it's become very evident in the last couple of weeks of just like, wow, you just like literally don't respect my boundaries has been really dismissive of me in general and definitely my long haul COVID. Um, but yeah, that's what it is. You get to know people and then, you know, that's like dating, you know what I mean? You, it's just like, oh, you're not a person that I want around me and I'm, I'm not going to have you around me anymore. And so I'm taking space from this, but I was just, I, I was in a funk for a couple of days where I was just, and I'm still kind of in the funk, but I honestly, what human isn't right now? It's really hard to stay positive. A lot of people are dying and that shouldn't be dying, but we have a government and a, and a, and a, and a police thing that's just sworn to take care of us and we pay them to do so, but they're not doing it. And like Derek Chauvin's probably about to get acquitted. I think what's so sad is it's a murder we all saw happen. The world saw this murder happen and we all are, we are all mentally preparing for him to get acquitted. And it's just like, it's just, if you're not feeling fucked up right now, I don't want to say that you're a sociopath, but I do want to say like, I guess, uh, I mean, like I, I am meditating and writing. And so my every day isn't spent being like, oh, the world is like depressed. You know what I mean? But I am feeling fucked up, man. And I think that's just very human. We have had eight mass shootings recently, like last week, you know, like a kid got shot at a, for a traffic stop because he and like I I just I can't and so I, I I've I've been I've been uh, been down and then this friend thing happened where just a lot of stuff kind of came to light and I don't want to really air it here um I try to vague it up you know what I mean uh because I do think that it's important to talk about this stuff and maybe there's someone in your life that you're like I don't I feel like I have to be your friend because we've got really close and then you're like I don't know that's what I thought it was I, that's what I used to think well well we have so much history or we know each other so well or we were there for each other for this one thing no you don't respect my boundaries you don't respect me and you're dismissive of me and that's not I am my number one fan I am my favorite person and I hope that if you're not your favorite person I hope I really hope you work toward becoming your favorite person because this relationship I'm developing with myself is probably the most fulfilling one I've ever had. And that sounds so crazy, but it's what I, I don't know if I'm not my favorite person, how can I expect anybody else to love me? You know what I mean? If I don't love me, why would you love me? And so I, so I've just been, I've been down, but there's this, the girl from Johnny's who I'd known each other, known for a very long time. Um, she pops in my head all the time and I've had this angry resentment towards her and I, I've, I've written about it. I've prayed about it. I've meditated about it. I've, and I found myself on her Instagram page earlier this week, last week. And I, uh, I followed her and I was like, fuck, is that weird? And then I like felt really weird. Cause I was like, you can't just follow. Cause we unfollowed each other. Right. And you can't just follow her out of nowhere. And then like, not say, cause that's just like a weird, like, you know, the guy, like the, the guy, the Super Bowl 50 guy, he just tried to add me on Facebook instead of being like, hey, I know I was a super cunt and also sexually, uh, uh, tried to, I tried to rape a girl and, you know, your friend and uh, now I just want to pretend like it's just it's just such a childish thing. And so I like I, I felt that I obviously not that extreme, but I felt like I was like trying to pop in her life and just like see who she's going to text me. But I was like, I'm still so resentful and I, I can't. I can't make an amends to someone that I'm not sorry for my actions. But I was like, there's got to be something here because I do feel in my amends process, I feel like if there's anybody in the world that I would be uncomfortable seeing, something on my side isn't clean. And she definitely falls on under that category. And I couldn't. So I sat with it for a couple of days again. And I, I, I found my side. I found my side. And if you, I'm not going to rehash the whole story. If you want to hear it, it's in me too. The episode me too. Um, she was really close to those people in that bar. Really, really close. And she and I were really close. And though I don't know what else I would have done differently, but I definitely put her in a very hard position. 
I didn't come to her and talk to her. I didn't feel like I could, but I don't know now, you know, like I just put her in a hard position and I know I didn't do anything wrong in terms of the sexual harassment stuff or misconduct or whatever it is when someone corners you in a closet and asks to see if you have panties on and he's supposed to be the security guard. I don't know where that follows under. I guess we're just going to call it cute misconduct. Oh, God, I hate that word so much. Like, no, fuck off. Uh, fuck off for I don't know what we should call it. But and not that I like think that her actions were OK, but being able to look at my side in our friendship ending where I do what I do best. I cut and run. I burn it down. I didn't talk to her. You know what I mean? I wasn't like, hey, this is what's going on with me. These are the things. I don't know at the time if I didn't feel like I could, but I didn't even try. And I put her in an impossible situation. And I wrote on that for a while on my side. And I genuinely was like, I'm sorry for my side. And I messaged her. And I was like, hey, I know this has been a long time, sort of out of the blue, but... Uh, I, I hate how our friendship ended and I, I, I'm really sorry for my side of in it. It's water under the bridge for me. And the thing is, is it wasn't water under the bridge for me until I could see my side. If that makes any sense. Cause there are people that like, like Super Bowl 50 guy. Um, I'm not uncomfortable if I ever saw him again. Cause my side's clean. My side is clean as a fucking whistle. I don't know what that means. Are whistles not are whistles particularly clean? I don't fully understand. I don't get sayings. What, like, are whistles, like, I, I don't know. I feel like I, I can't think of anything really clean right now. But I was, my side's clean, right? And, but with her, it wasn't. And so, like, that's, like, again, if I can think of anybody in the world that I would feel weird being around, those are the people on my amends list. Because my, somewhere, my side of the street's not clean. And that's all I can do. You know what I mean? Like that's, and we've been, and it's so, it's been such a weird week because this woman who meant so much to me, who was such a dear friend and we have like, like more memories than I will ever be able to say on any podcast, you know, <sighs> she suddenly is back in my life and and, it, and and I don't know what she remembers about the whole thing. I don't know how, I mean, maybe one day she doesn't live near me anymore. Um, maybe we are, we are messaging back and forth a lot and maybe we'll have coffee one day and we'll rehash and tell our sides. But I wasn't able to let go of a resentment until I looked at my side of the street. And I guess with everything, that's all you can do, you know, just keep your side of the street clean. Um, vote for the right people that are I, I'm still got this gun stuff on my mind I'm so sorry that's if you're like I listen to you so I can listen to poop stuff well we'll get to that in like two minutes so I feel like if you only listen to me for the poop scoop um I don't think you would be listening this long because like I you know whatever I don't every week I have some sort of existential crisis if you guys like me or not do you still like me um but yeah keeping my side of the street clean that's literally all I can do um, what people think of me is none of my business. Uh, um, and I, I, there's a guy in my program that always says this and it's, and it's, you know, I'm not a, I don't mean the sky dad sense of the God word. You know what I mean? I don't mean the, the gay hating, uh, of women controlling God. I don't mean that God. I mean, universe. I use it all interchangeably, you know, universe, source, uh, connection, all that stuff. Um, but God runs the show, dude just that's it he said it last night and I, I was talking to him last night and he said it God runs the show and I was able to just let go of all this stuff that I've been like weighing on me God runs the fucking show and all I can do is keep my side of the street clean yeah that's all I can do and uh I don't know my I just want to send you all some love take care of yourselves take care of each other it's a really fucked up time we live in, but maybe this is the, the fucked upness that we need to have in order for real change. You know, they say you can't, an alcoholic can't get sober until they hit a rock bottom. Like I, like a person like me who has, you know, um, who, who grew up in trauma and, you know, it was a, I was a really fucked up person. I'm a really fucked up person, right? My brain doesn't work properly because of the trauma I've experienced. 
but they say I'm not able to turn around and look at that stuff until I hit a rock bottom. And I did. And I'm grateful for that rock bottom every day. His name is Jimmy the Dragon. Um, <laughs> that's not really his name, but <laughs> Jimmy the Dragon was my rock bottom. But like they say, yeah, so maybe this is, maybe this is America hitting their rock bottom in order, in order to have real change. And it feels like a rock bottom. You know what I mean? It feels like a fucking rock bottom. When you got, when you got, when you got people in Congress who are willing to like crucify vaccine waters or, or call uh, this kid in Chicago, a, a young man, but they won't call Matt Geitz's child girlfriend, a child underage woman. That's not a thing. That's a child, a child, an underage girl is a child. And it's just like, maybe this is our rock bottom and maybe we'll finally be, get some change because in my experience, in all change, change only happens when a rock bottom happens, you know? So just be nice to each other. Um, you ready for a little poop scoop? Poop scoop booty. I'm going to read someone else's poop scoop this week. I have not read it yet. It's a little long, but I like the long ones because the long ones equal... Uh, um, uh, it equals a lot of crazy things. Oh, I haven't read this at all. So I hope... I hope uh, and I, I don't know if you are, as I said, uh, email me at kimcrawlspace at gmail.com. Sorry, Uncle John, once again, for sending you all of the other poop scoops for people who were sending them before. I apologize. I've been giving the wrong email for four months, five months. I don't know what day of the week it is. Um, but uh, I can't breathe. I can breathe. I can breathe. Um, but yeah, send me your poop scoop stories at kimcrawlspace at gmail.com, please. And in there, if you don't want me to use your name or if you do want me to use your name, um, tell me. It looks like he used his name in the story and he listens to the show so he knows that I read it verbatim. Why are we no thanks? Okay, here we go. Here's your poop scoop. I've wanted to share this with you since the beginning of the podcast and hopes it brings you some laughs. The year was 2011. My dad was soon to marry my now ex-stepmom, ex a Brit who lived in Flatbush, Flatbush, I can't read, Flatbush, Brooklyn, and worked at the UN at the time they met. My stepmom-to-be's parents were visiting from England, and my dad and I were meeting her, them for the first time. We decided it would be a great idea to go out for Indian food. How many a poop scoops probably start? Oh, that's so true. <laughs> it's spicy food, I think. I don't know. I, I find everything gives me some sort of poop. My pants. Okay, whatever. Uh, my dad picked me up. And my mom. My dad picked me up at my mom's, and we met at the restaurant. It was a great meal. I ordered the vindaloo, a particularly spicy curry. Maybe not for the Kralski, thank you, but for eleven-year-old Damarini. Damaroni. Damaroni. Oh my God, is that what you call yourself? I love that, and I love that you called my, me Kralski. The young kid that I used to work with used to tell me no one calls me Kralski. I was like, well, the Kralski. He goes, stop saying that. No one calls you the Kralski. He would get so mad. It was fantastic. So thank you. Um, but it was for the 11 year old Damarine, Damaroni. It was some heat. It had some heat for dessert. I had a mango lassie yogurt smoothie. Uh oh, uh oh, <laughs> as we were waiting for the check, I felt my stung stomach churn. Yikes. I abruptly shot up from my chair and waddled up the stairs to the second floor bathroom. First off, why the actual fuck would an Indian restaurant have a second floor bathroom? Oh, we make the food that people associate with having to take a dump soon after. Let's put our bathroom upstairs. That's a good point. I proceeded to sit down and it was like I turned on a faucet. Oh my God, that kind of poop is wild when that happens. You're like, is it just, am I just, I'm just peeing out of my butt. Um, <laughs> you know the kind. It was a real bowl gripper. Yeah, oh, bowl gripper. That's good. I returned downstairs and my dad goes, geez, that went through like, that went through you like Grant through Richard. Love the phrase to this day. What's Grant through Richard? I don't know what that means, but that went through you like Grant through Richard. It's funny. Anyway, we had received the check along with some welcomed steamed towels and then proceeded to leave. My new grandparents offered to give me a ride back to my mom's house as they wanted to meet her as well. Sounds great. Well, it was not so great. Here comes round two. Oh no. As we were about a mile from my mom's, I felt a sinking feeling in my stomach. Oh no. The re the nearest public bathroom was about 
equidistant from our location as my mom. So I tried to hold it. I was, it was becoming unbearable. We had every red light. I swear. Eventually as we made maybe two minutes away, I couldn't hold it any longer. Oh no, we've all been there. And if you haven't, you're a liar. You are a liar. We've all been there. We're just like, why am I hitting every, and you're like sweating and you're like, maybe if I turn on the radio, maybe if I turn off the radio, stop talking to me. Like, it's like, oh, this poor, oh, I realized we were right by my uncle's ex-wife apartment. And I asked if they could stop as it's an emergency. I carefully and swiftly make my way up to her stairs, knock on the door, no answer. Then I remembered her parents lived down the downstairs and I think they'd remember me. I knock on the door hurriedly. Come on, come on. Her mother answers the door in confusion. I explain to her that I'm her daughter's ex-nephew and that, <laughs> and that it's an emergency. She kindly lets me in. I race to the bathroom and proceed to unleash hell out of my ass. It was one of those kind of shits where, the, where you're on the, the precipice of finding Jesus. I wipe and settle myself down for a roller coaster of emotions. Oh, man. How do you walk out of that bathroom? I flush. The water in the bowl rinsing. I panic. I wash my hands and run out as fast as I can. I never saw them again. Oh, my God. That's so good. Thank you, dude. That's like, how do you walk out of that bathroom? You know what I mean? You walk out of the bathroom and you're like, hey... Thank you so much. I cleaned up the best I could in there. You know what I mean? Like how you know, they know we've all been there, but for some reason we're all like, Ooh, yeah. Oh, thank you so much. I love that. If you would like to send me a poop scoop story, please do at kimcrawlspace at gmail.com or just send me a hello or tell me why you're one lucky broad. Or if there's a comedian that you would like me to uh, see if I can interview for crawling up, send me that too. Just email me. It'll be nice. Um, I will end the show with uh, I'm one lucky broad. I'm one lucky broad. You know, I'm one lucky broad that I am working a, a hard, fucking hard, really hard program. A I'm in recovery. I'm working a really hard program that is not only giving me discernment um, with having who I want in my life, what I want in my life, but also forcing me to look at my side of the street, something that I refuse to do with this friend for like four years, four years, we haven't been friends. And, um, and you know, maybe, maybe looking at my side of the street, we'll start a new friendship. And it sounds like from everything we've talked about, she has changed just as much as I have. And maybe, and, and it sounds like the two of us are also looking for healthier people in our lives than we had when we were in our lives back then, you know? So I'm one lucky broad for new beginnings, discernment, and this hard fucking work I'm doing. It's worth it, man. But man, is it fucking painful. So uh, that's our show. <laughs> man, is it painful. That's our show. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, if you get a second, please rate and review it. I am going to read this week's review. Uh, this comes from future run 1988 and it's all it's like future run in a in like a license plate way like a or a twitter you know like a what word am i looking for abbreviated way um it says so entertaining thank you uh listening to this makes me feel like i'm reminiscing with an old friend it's fun funny and a little weird <laughs> thank you <laughs> i i look forward to it i look forward to wednesday now oh i love that and thank you for calling me a little weird i i think being weird is a massive compliment i think it's a nice nice compliment um so thank you so if you get a chance please leave a rating leave a review follow me on all the socials uh k-y-m-k-r-a-l uh, email me, email me, email me, kimcrawlspace at gmail.com. I want to hear your poop scoop stories so bad. I haven't gotten any lucky broad stories. I'll read those too. Um, and I'll be back next week. I will be uh, recording an episode later today for my Patreon people. If you want to join Patreon and you want to get these extra episodes, uh, you can join. It's patreon.com slash Kim Crawl. Um, all this stuff is in my on my website. Um, I would love it if you could join the Patreon. If you can't, I took the Patreon. It sounds like if you could join the patriarchy. Uh, if you could join the Patreon, that'd be awesome. I would love any all and all support. But if you're if you just want to listen to these, that's awesome too. I love all this support. So thank you so much and thanks for giving me a space to honor my uh, my friend who died so long ago. Um I was a cathartic episode. So thanks guys. I'm going to record one later today. Um, proving that Paul McCartney died in 1966.
So uh, if you want to hear why I believe that, that clears the room, by the way, it literally clears the room. Uh, join my Patreon. Um, I think that's all. Yeah, give me a rating, give me a review, share, like, wear your mask, be nice to each other. Keep your side clean, man. Just be nice to each other. It's really fucking tough right now. Um, and that's all for me. I will talk to you guys later. Thanks. Bye. Okay, real quick. I'm not leaving. I, I realize I didn't tell you that the next crawling up is in two weeks uh, or a week and a half from now. And if you want to catch up on the old crawling up, I uh, interviewed Savannah Manhattan. I know I said bye and then I came back. Sorry about that. Um, but I uh, interviewed the uh, hilarious and lovely Savannah Manhattan about her trans transitioning journey. Um, she's a trans woman comedian and she's hilarious and she is, she was very open in the episode about, uh, you know, her journey and what she's kind of gone through and it's awesome. So if you want to listen to that too, please, uh, listen to that and send me your crawling up recommendations. If there's a comic or someone in the world that you were like, oh, I think that'd be a good interview and you'd, I have no, I'm not scared to ask anybody because oh, you never know who's going to say yes. You know what I mean? Uh, so now that's the show. All right. That's the show now. Promise. Probably. I love you guys all. Thank you so much for the support. And I will talk to you soon. Bye.